Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. So many managers, I think, especially young managers, tend to be, to see their team as an extension of them. Remember, mm -hmm. we started by doing this ourselves yeah. and now we've got these other people and we have to ask them to do that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I remember the first, the first management training I was sent to, they defined it and said, management is getting work done through others. Oh gosh. But the idea was it was my work and I was now going to direct and yeah. delegate. And, and so that was how we were set up to think. And, and instead, then people feel it that, yeah. yeah they absolutely do. Mm -hmm. So, so instead of seeing your team as an extension of you, what we do is we use the same framework of who do we want to become as a team mm. and let's develop a shared identity. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And you know that I am always on the hunt for the best who can tell us how to lead well from a healthy soul. So I want to introduce you to Ron Minitry with quite the bio. Ron Minitry began empowering other leaders during his 30-year career as a Fortune 100 executive. A global operations leader, he was responsible for shipping over $20 billion per year, yet still able to enjoy ball games and school events with a growing family. Today, as a speaker and consultant, he equips leaders and their teams to think exponentially, live fully, and lead for lasting success. Thank you so much for being our guest. It is quite the pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to hear more about the exponential mindset that everyone is raving about. And would you unpack that for us? Yeah, you know the uh, you you talk about the shipping twenty billion and worldwide operations and making ball games and and that didn't happen uh, by accident. In fact, I think my career followed a path that most leaders face, and that is we start out in our leadership journey being pretty good at what we do. Yeah, and and here's the thing: when you're really good at what you do, they'll ask you to do more, <laughs> and yes. so it it means that we wind up growing almost accidentally mm. um, and incrementally almost on the job training right and so as they give you more to do or ask you to do more or you reach to do more um, you run a little bit harder mm. you run a little faster um, and then you you learn to be smarter so you learn to optimize and you streamline things and and you learn to delegate things, but you're still coming at it from the same premise as when you owned the projects or the outcomes yourself. Yeah. And so your leadership style for most uh, is that they were, they're really leaning into control and directing and mm -hmm. doing and delegating tasks, but not necessarily full authority of things. Mm. And that, that will serve you well. But the irony is the more successful you are at that, mm. the faster the pace will get, the more intense the pressure will be, the stakes will be higher, and, and it will test you to the limits. There's, there's only so much. I think of a sponge, and I think about squeezing something out. So every time we optimize, we, we squeeze a little more out to reach to to a broader responsibility, but eventually we reach a limit. Mm. And, and what's happening, I think the, the demands are growing at a, 
at a much faster rate than our growth as leaders. And the reason is we, we keep getting incrementally better at doing what we've always done. The answer is to change how we think, mm -hmm. to change how we lead. And that really is what the exponential mindset is about. And, uh, and for me, I discovered that, if you will, when I hit that wall. And, and in, a, in a rotational assignment uh, in my own career, you know, I had, I had relied on what had served me well for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had nationwide responsibilities, but I was still doing it in that kind of internal, I will get this done, power up my, you mm -hmm. know, give it everything I've got. And, and I hit a wall that just, yeah. you know, didn't budge. And I had a hallway conversation with a guy, um, you know, I, it, the way that it was organized, I was responsible for everything to do with quality and customer satisfaction in North America. And yet all the resources that would address those issues were, were reporting into the divisions, not to me. Mm -hmm. It created the situation where I felt like I was responsible for everything, but I had the ability to control absolutely nothing. Oh my gosh, that right there. I think that resonates with so many people. <laughs> And when that happens, yes. you know, I began to question myself. I, I, because it had, I'd always been able to make it work before. I'd always kind of run through the wall, but this time I hit the wall and yeah. just, just it didn't budge. And and what I realized, I, I'm kind of questioning myself, and I'm going like, have, have I been promoted beyond my ability? They're going to find out I really don't belong here, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, and so I was worried about that. I'm walking down the hall one day. And one of my senior leaders, uh, somebody that I had reported to in the past, so, you know, he says, hey, how, how's it going? And he didn't really want to know. Um, you know, it was a, it was a Pleasant rhetorical treat. question, really. <laughs> but I, um, I hesitated because it wasn't going well. Mm -hmm. And to his credit, he's like, whoa, wait, what, what is it? And I said, oh, I, I feel like I'm responsible for everything, but I have mm. the ability to control nothing. Yeah. And he says, well, that's easy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that didn't seem easy to me. But I leaned in because he said, um, I said, you, you know, what, what, do, what, do you, what makes it easy? And he says, here's what you have to understand. People will follow you for who you are mm -hmm. and how you treat them regardless of your title mm -hmm. or your position or any lines on an org chart, that's not what they're following. I knew he was right. Mm -hmm. And yet that then, you know, kind of put me on this path to go, what's the secret to people following you for who you are? And that meant, you know, really doing some soul searching and digging down to understand I, I quite frankly realized I was believing a lot of things that were limiting beliefs that mm -hmm. I was relying on things that had served me well, but right. they wouldn't, they, they just couldn't make that next step. Um, one of those was, you know, I felt like I realized without knowing it, I had relied on those lines on an org chart mm -hmm. to give me the authority or to think that I was able to direct people or Have that's why they would follow me mm -hmm. and um and so even though 
you know, I was, I wasn't a bad guy. I wasn't, you know, trying to, to do things that weren't good. Uh, in my mind, yeah. there was this belief back there that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, I had to undo that. I had to change that. And that really began, that's the impetus of, of the exponential mindset is to realize, uh, you know, I, I've, I, the belief I had was I have to have control mm-hmm. in order to have an impact or to be responsible. Wow. What I, what I was able to tell myself differently is I can influence even what I can't control. Wow. And that means that what we're really trying to do in leadership is, is make our first step one of influence. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you don't need to be in control of things or you may have to direct people or, you know, do things at a more, uh, you know, directing level, but make the first step one of influence. And mm. and if you can make that shift, then if, if you think about it, control is, is limited to what I can get my arms around and it right. takes energy and it's draining the life out of me. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, influence is about what I can envision and equip and empower in mm-hmm. others. And that removes that limitation. It it really opens up. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, what I can control is limited by my own capacity. But I think what I can influence is limited only by my imagination. What can I envision? Because yeah. when I can move to that, then boy, the impact really rises. So that's the first shift in, in this exponential mindset. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd love to interject here that helplessness and hopelessness are the ingredients for depression. And how many people in a large structure are feeling very depressed because they have a vision, a capacity for something, but they don't have the ability or the authority to operate on that. And so it's creating a double bind that we don't do very well cognitively or psychologically. And so I just want to speak to those who might be feeling just low energy. It's hard to wake up in the morning. It's hard to want to go to work or have vision or passion. And you're like, where did that go? Partly it might be situational depression. It doesn't mean that you have biological genetic depression, but you may have situational. And so the keys he's about to give us on how to unlock that mindset are huge because it's not just affecting our work performance, but also our energy, our sense of competence, feeling capable, and the version of us that comes home to our families of how engaged and on we are versus lethargic kind of wrapped up in ourselves and just want to zone out in front of TV or social media or something. So I love this. And I just want to underscore everything he is saying is so practical for where so many of us are, especially since 2020, there's been huge shifts. Life has been moving much faster than the organization and the soul has been ready for. And yet we're demanded to be at that pace, irrespective of any onboarding for a national pandemic or international pandemic. So thank you for just jumping in and giving us these keys to help us get out of limiting beliefs and double binds like helplessness and hopelessness. And if anyone's listening and you're feeling 
feeling that, please lean in and be open to counseling, coaching, different things to help you strategically invest in yourself so you don't get stuck in dynamics of depression, anxiety that steal the joy of why you're in your position. So keep going. I'm loving this. Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the question you get to is how can you create the influence? And, and you go back to what he said, people follow you for who you are mm -hmm. and how you treat them. But then that opens the question of who am I? And it really gets you to examining that. And, and for me, the, it, it brought about the, another shift, if you will, that I think is central to this new mindset. And that is, I realized that most people are, are using what I call do centered leadership. Mm -hmm. The first question they ask is, yeah. what do you want to do? You know, you set your goals by trying to understand what do you want to accomplish? What do you want mm -hmm. to do? Right. Um, rather, what if we ask, who do you want to become? So the first step in the exponential mindset is not to ask, what do I want to do, but who do I want to become? Yeah, and when I understand who I want to become, that will inform what I want to do or what I need to do. And that will give direction and purpose to my goals that, quite frankly, I think this is a, a key area of struggle, particularly within middle leaders, we call them in an organization, because they don't set their goals, they inherit their goals. Someone yes. says you got to cut costs by 10%, you got to grow sales by 20%, whatever those numbers are, someone is saying this is what you have to go do. We have to put that in context to who we want to become, mm -hmm. or that though hitting those numbers will, will struggle to find purpose in that. That wow. is that making sense to, I'm not sure I'm saying it correctly, but I think that's yeah. where we really, really struggle yeah. to find that connection. I would love for us to get into the weeds. Let's go through some case illustrations. How do we implement the exponential mindset? Let's say this is someone in middle management. They don't have a ton of authority, but they are being asked to do a ton yeah. of actionables. What should they do? How do they walk this out? So first question is, uh, uh, where, who do I want to become? And so we talk about three kinds of goals. There's a goal to do something uh, that's kind of effort-based. I, I have a goal to walk three miles five days a week, right? That's just go do it, Ron. Um, the next kind of goal is a goal to achieve something. So mm -hmm. go back to, they want to, I, I need to increase sales by 20% this year. Well, I can't just do that. That's, uh, that's a results-based goal. Mm -hmm. And so when, when, um, uh, I can determine how many sales calls I'm going to make. That's the do, mm -hmm. but I, but I can't necessarily make that happen. And, and something, a unique dynamic occurs when we move to a results-based goal, mm -hmm. I give up or share control. So I can, I can make more sales calls, but, but someone saying yes means that we now share the outcome and it may take multiple actions to bring that about. So those are a little more difficult Mm -hmm. uh, but they're also more rewarding. And yeah. so that really is the secret to execution in business, right? We want to, we want to line up a great cause and effect relationship between the things that we can do that we can control yeah. that will produce that outcome. Mm -hmm. And boy, there's just so much on that about how to execute. But I said, there's three kinds of goals. 
The first one is to do. The, the second one is to achieve. But the third kind of goal is to become someone or something. Mm. And that really is what we, that's what's going to tell us, you know, if you go back to the correlation, what we want to achieve is going to give direction to what we need to do. Yeah. But understanding who we want to become is going to give direction to what we want to achieve. And that really is the order that we want to seek. Who do I want to become? Mm -hmm. and, and we look at that in, in seven areas, but broadly, we'll say them in two. One of them is the, what would I have to believe? How would I have to behave? Mm -hmm. What competencies would I need? What passions would need to stir me? So those are character. Yeah. Those are rooted in who I am. And then we also ask, well, you know, what kind of education would I need? And, you know, what experience and what accomplishments would I need? So when we, when we pose the question, how do you become a successful or whoever it is you want to become? You want to look at it on both the character side, mm -hmm. beliefs, behaviors, values, competencies, and passions, but also then what would I want to do? And the key here is put the who first. Mm -hmm. Understand that. And, you know, we had a session yesterday when someone asked the question, how can I be this in my work? If I'm really good at that, mm -hmm. I can't be this at home. Mm -hmm. And and we're like, wait, wait, wait. Those The character of who you want to become probably going to be the same. And in yeah. fact, if it's not, think of the the incongruent mm -hmm. inside us right and what sure. that does when when we are one person in one environment and another person in another environment one of them is not right mm -hmm. <laughs> one of them is not us right and so getting that aligned and that's really the step right understand who you want to become align the the beliefs and behaviors in such a way that they produce the actions yeah. and and then when you move from the work environment to the home environment, you're the same person. The expressions of how you apply that may be different in a business environment versus a parenting environment. Mm -hmm. And for us, the, the idea is to set up one plan, not two. Um, one of the things that we see is that um, when people set goals in a business environment, they're very structured. You mm -hmm. have goals, you have reviews, you have accountability. The structure is there with a rhythm to say, this is what you have to do. This is These are the deadlines. These are the expectations. When we set goals on a personal level, we tend to go, well, I'd like to become this, or maybe I'd like to do that. Yeah. That Often really. lacking is that rhythm, mm -hmm. that discipline, that mm -hmm. accountability, that structure, and so which one wins, <laughs> right? So, so we're going to respond in that work environment to that. So if we have two separate plans, we're probably going to pay a lot of attention to one and yeah. maybe not the other. Mm -hmm. So for us, we suggest that you create one plan where the professional is a part of that plan. Mm -hmm. And then get your board of directors around you, get those people who will be accountable and speak into your life. 
review it regularly. Set up a regular rhythm of review mm. where you are looking at your life's goals, the become of who you want to be. Um, you know, we we help people understand that with a simple exercise. Uh, so I don't know who you want to become, but let's assume that for just a minute, we said, congratulations. <laughs> After a lifetime of service, you've been selected to the Hall of Fame. Mm. What is the name of that Hall of Fame? And if you can begin to think about, well, and who else is in there? And what is it about them that got them there? What were the traits that you admired in them? And what we're doing is really helping you begin to envision, how do I want to be known? Mm -hmm. what, do I, what am I giving myself to? Yes. And then we take them through asking, so what would need to be true of me in my character, mm -hmm. my beliefs, my behaviors, my values? What would need to be true of me in my competencies? What would be need, need to be true of me then, even in the experience and, and execution side? So if we can help people understand who they are using that framework mm -hmm. and who they are becoming, we create a single integrated person. And, and that means I can be the same person everywhere. And the funny thing about that is it tends to break down walls and barriers where mm -hmm. people now begin to trust me yeah. because I don't have an agenda. I don't have this disconnect that's going on inside. Yeah. I'm suddenly more approachable and able to be actually when i'm secure in who i am comfortable in my own identity i'm able to see yours mm. i'm able to see what you need i'm able to walk into a room in the office and instead of asking for the room to validate me mm. i'm comfortable with who i am i'm now able to look at you and see what your need is that's good and and you don't sense an agenda from me you don't you you you're willing to follow so that's part of that you know they'll follow you for who you are yeah and uh if if we have time i, I the one other thing i would share is that the second part of that was and how you treat them oh yeah and this really is a big shift because so many managers i think especially young managers tend to be to see their team as an extension of them. Remember, mm -hmm. we started by doing this ourselves yeah. and now we've got these other people and we have to ask them to do that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I remember the first, the first management training I was sent to, they defined it and said, management is getting work done through others. Oh gosh. But the idea was it was my work and I was now going to direct and yeah. delegate. And, and so that was how we were set up to think and, and instead, then people feel it that, yeah. Yeah, they absolutely do. Mm -hmm. So so instead of seeing your team as an extension of you, what we do is we use the same framework of who do we want to become as a team? Mm. And let's develop a shared identity. Love that. And now when we have a shared identity, all the outcomes are not my outcomes, they're our outcomes. Mm -hmm. And now my job isn't to do and direct and delegate. Rather, my job is to envision, equip, and empower. I'm helping you, all of you on the team, bring your best. Now I begin to see diverse contributions, yes. not as competing or conflicting, mm -hmm. but rather complementary. Yes. 
each one of us. I read a book one time that says, we're not all the head or the eye or the <laughs> foot. It's so much the same. Yes. When a team comes together, everyone has a role to play. Mm -hmm. And as they play that role, they're bringing the best of who they are. Mm -hmm. They're expressing that part of them that, that makes them come alive. Yeah. And as the leader, what I'm trying to do is ignite that, give them that platform, give them that opportunity, knock down the roadblocks. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different way of leading than directing and delegating and doing. I love this. So if we just kind of recap this whole summary of we have people that are, people are being asked to perform at a level that maybe they don't have the authority for, that may be producing stagnation in the career. It could produce situational depression, anxiety, just feeling like a chronic failure. And it makes it really hard to show up with our best self at home and at work. And so I love the keys you're giving us with the exponential mindset. And I believe you guys do coaching and that's something that's a service you offer. And then Crawford Clinics provides therapy if anybody ever wants that. So we would love to come alongside of you to help remove those obstacles because in the workplace, we've been told, do the do, do the execute the, the task, and then yes. get people around you to do the work for you. And your job is to delegate. And that's very meaningless and purposeless. But I love how you're saying once you step in and embody the character of who you want to be, who you know you can be, and now you live securely, now you can activate your team. And those people start living from their true identity and you're getting their contribution versus that pyramid view of I am the one that tells everyone else what to do. Absolutely. And I'm losing out on so much lateral growth of where these contributions and voices and input are completely different and they may have some of our blind spots they may be able to capture and have insight and intel for us so i love this thank you so much ron minitry we're gonna have you back uh, for the sake of time we're gonna wrap here but thank you so much and how can people connect with exponential mindset just ronminitry.com i love it well thank you so much and we can't wait to have you back thanks thanks bye everybody bye. and we'll see you for the next episode